you in the name of all that is good, all that is sacred, and in the warm and loving energy of this community, Spiritual Life Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we especially want to welcome you because we know that you are not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Thank you for joining us on your unique path today, and we hope you enjoy this special message from this past Sunday's service. You know, we've all heard the saying, follow your bliss. But perhaps a more accurate idea is to be open to our bliss or perfect our happiness. That openness happens when we are spiritually humble. And humble means to be teachable. You know, in that song Anne just blessed us with, it says, teach me to be a child. Give me a seeker's wings. Tell me the soul of things. Open my eyes. As I thought about that, I thought about a Bible story. And in this story, there was a man who was a Pharisee during Jesus' time. He was the ruler of men. And he was a big deal. You know, his name was Nicodemus. But despite being a big deal, at least others who thought he was, Nicodemus lacked the understanding of spiritual things because he did not know that spiritual things must be spiritually discerned. Anyway, Nicodemus snuck out of the middle of the night to see the master teacher, Jesus Christ, the model of our possibilities. Because Jesus was manifesting something special as evidenced by the wonderful things that were happening around him as well as to his followers. And Nicodemus wanted to know what the heck was going on. All of those folks around him were were living their bliss. Jesus was living his bliss so it appeared to him. Now Nicodemus had plenty of what we would call intellectual knowledge. But he had no spiritual understanding beyond that. So he came to see Jesus by night. And metaphysically, metaphorically, means that he was in spiritual darkness. Nicodemus had studied all the scriptures and other similar work. But spiritual demonstrations that Jesus and his disciples were having were not happening in his life. So Nicodemus, after observing all of this, said to himself, this guy must know something. So he snuck out in the middle of the night because he didn't want anyone to know, you know, where he was going and what he was doing, that he was going to see this man. Because after all, people thought he, Nicodemus, that is, knew everything, already had everything. So he came to Jesus And he asked him, in so many words, 
What's the deal? And the master teacher responded that except you be born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. He said, unless you be born of the water and the spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. You won't experience that bliss, that oneness with the presence. And he was saying in substance, unless there's a radical shift in your perception, unless there's a movement in consciousness, you will not understand what I'm talking about here. Because as I said, he was saying to him, spiritual things can only be determined or discerned and understood from a spiritual perspective. He was reminding him that spiritual understanding comes without us having to learn it. Spiritual understanding comes through intuition. It happens through inspiration. You know, you're familiar with the story. I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago when Jesus asked his disciples, who do the people around town say I am? And they gave a number of answers based upon the surface perception of men and women of humankind. And they were saying he was the reincarnation of one person or another. And of course, he asked Peter, who do you say I am? Not anyone else, but what's coming up for you? And Peter uttered Jesus' true identity as a divine presence. And that answer was not based upon reasoning, but based upon intuition. And Jesus responded to him that flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. Your intellect did not reveal this to you. But the spirit of the living God within you and around you did. Peter didn't come from this intellectual understanding to realize this. Because we must understand that no, how, no matter how much we know, no matter how much we read, intellectual knowledge is uh, simply a forerunner of spiritual understanding. It's the way that we gather the facts. And the facts don't necessarily reveal the inner meaning of what we're trying to convey and understand. You know, sometimes you may know people who can quote scriptures and spiritual sayings all day long and they may do all the outer things but it has no inner meaning or spiritual power the only true spiritual understanding can do that you know there was a young man who had become an outstanding yoga instructor he was an exceptional practitioner who can bend himself into intricate pretzels and all different kinds of shapes that I can't imagine anyone can do, but he did. He also had the most perfect and clean diet you can possibly imagine. And he appeared in his life to do every single thing right, to live a highly evolved life. But one day he came to see a minister. And the reason that he came to see him was that despite having and living an immaculate life, the young man was manifesting cancer. And the young yoga prodigy said he couldn't understand it since everything he did was such a pure and a high level. And as he spoke with that minister, that spiritual teacher, and as they prayed together, the young man had a spiritual insight. He realized he had forgotten the presence. He had forgotten 
the source. He had forgotten the presence of God. He had perfected his spiritual practice. He had perfected his diet. That was a check. He had done his, all of the outer work. Check. He had the intellectual knowledge. Still, there was no opening for the emergence of new awareness in his consciousness. He knew it all. At least he thought so. He studied everything. He was sure that he was right about all that he was doing. Nevertheless, this disease was raging through his body. And shortly afterwards, after a great deal of self-reflection, he began to see where he made his mistake. He realized his mistake that at one time he had opened up to where he was at the beginning of his practice. He decided to say, let me go back to the beginning. What got me in here in the first place? What inspired me? What made me feel that I was at home and doing what I was doing? And as he began to get into that space, he remembered he was very childlike. He was available. He was accessible. He was awestruck. And he was in wonder when he first started out. And he began to recall there was something continually emerging in him that had nothing to do with his vast knowledge or what he had learned or what he had been taught. But something he caught that was not of his own doing. He didn't make that happen. And he realized he had forgotten about all of that. He had gotten into that space where he stopped trying to make something happen. He decided to go back to that beginning, not trying to make something happen. He stopped trying to rely on his own surface understanding. And after he had done this for a while, he returned to the, the doctors for a checkup. And lo and behold, his disease had dissolved. Ultimately, the illness disappeared. And he attributed it to his humility his ability to be devotional, his ability to be aware and open and receptive. He recognized that he did not know everything. And he was here to allow something to emerge in his awareness. When that allowance takes place, when we allow that to take place in our life, something beyond our human understanding breaks through. Sometimes you can't put it in words. But you can catch it. You know it. And when you know it, you can't tell anyone else anything. Even if you try, they won't understand. You know, I relate to my story when I was going through my own dark night of the soul. And I was going through personal rehab from drugs and alcohol. And, and I was coming to my apartment that day. And I had entered a state of what I would call probably absolute surrender. I don't know what was happening at the time. I had just forgiven myself for all the things I had done in my life. And something had overcome me. And in that moment, everything around me collapsed into a sea of oneness. I began to see beyond appearances. And I saw the interconnectedness of everything that was beyond words that I could actually explain to another person. But I tried to tell them anyway. I was telling him in so many different words that, you know, I had seen the presence of God. I saw God. I know God. And folks were looking at me and said, okay, uh, that sounds interesting. 
Let me tell you about my life. You know, the reality was I was trying to reveal God to someone else. I was trying to reveal the invisible force to something to convey to another person. The fact of the matter is, we cannot reveal God to another person. You know, Emily Cady, in her book, Lessons in Truth, that I've been basing some of these lessons on, says on page 100, if you've gotten that spiritual understanding to some degree, we may be able to give some pointers on how to seek and find that presence that is in each and every one of us. But as the scriptural reference reminds us in John, the third chapter and the eighth verse, spiritual understanding is like the wind that blows where it chooses and you hear it and the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of that spiritual some. I use the word some as another word for God. God is something. God is that thing that touches us, that lets us know about something that without us really having any process of reasoning. The awareness of this something, this new birth takes place in the silence. It takes place in the invisible. When you and I catch it, people can feel it. They can sense something is radiating from that person. Case in point, there was a magnificent spiritual conference. And the organizers of that conference wanted to begin and end the conference with the reading of the 23rd Psalm. And so they asked a young, excited minister to kick off the conference by reading the 23rd Psalm, and he did so. And he was articulate. He was fluent. Oh, he knew it by heart. He memorized it. And he said, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. And he went through the whole psalm. And when he finished reading, there was a light applause from the audience. You know, he felt kind of good about himself. And the conference went on. At the end of the conference, they called an elder statesman to come out and close out the conference with the 23rd Psalm. And he got up there on the podium, the lectern, and he was kind of slow, and he had to adjust his glasses, and he could hardly see the words in the Bible. He stumbled over a few words, and and he began the psalm. And he said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He articulated through the psalm. And as he read through the psalm, you could feel a hush going through the audience. People began to cry. People were healed. He released Burdens of guilt and doubt and worry from individuals. A transformation had gone through the room. And later on, the young minister went up to the elder minister and said, I don't quite understand. When I recited the psalm, I was fluent. I was articulate. I knew it by heart. And I think people liked it. There was, a, there was some applause at the end. But when you did it, there was not a dry eye in the house. What 
was the difference? The elderly man looked at the youngster and said, you knew the psalm, but I know the shepherd. He didn't just have an intellectual perception of truth. He knew the truth. Understand there's a difference between knowing about the truth and knowing it. He knew that we are not here to intellectualize the spirit, but to spiritualize the intellect. That seasoned gentleman had a deep spiritual understanding. And someone, anyone who has a tuned spiritual understanding sees things from a different perspective. He or she does not give power to sickness. They don't give power or fear death. Rather, they're one who has a deep and abiding understanding spiritually. And they recognize the purpose of life is to discover the divinity within, to know and live from their oneness with the spirit of the living God. You know, one of the first steps to spiritual understanding is a strong desire for it. You got to want it. You got to want it more than anything else. You know, in the Hebrew Bible, there's a story about King Solomon. And he was at the beginning of his reign of his kingdom. And Solomon had a dream. And in his dream, the presence, the consciousness of the force or God, whatever you want to call it, showed up. And this presence said to Solomon, ask what I should give you. And Solomon said, Give me understanding. Give me spiritual understanding. And it pleased the presence that Solomon asked for this. And according to the story, the presence simply said, because you asked for an understanding mind, you asked for an understanding heart, you didn't ask to live a long time or for lots of money or to get rid of your enemies. The presence said, I will give you a wise and discerning mind. You get a mind that no one has ever had before or anyone will have after you. And on top of that, I will give you what you haven't asked for. I will give you abundance and honor for all your life like no other king has ever had. Now, when we first consciously seek spiritual understanding, we don't attain it all at once. We practice the spiritual teachings. We do the external things like loving our enemies, doing good to others. We practice our forgiveness. We think positive, uplifting thoughts. These are, as Emily Cady points out, the preliminary steps and stepping stones to genuine spiritual understanding. Or to put it in another way, you know, it's like we can ride the horse to the castle, but at some point we must get off and go inside. And we don't do it ourselves. We do the external metaphysical and spiritual work. Then at some point we let go, we let God and let that spiritual something take over our life. You know, when we seek this spiritual understanding, we realize it's not something that can be taught. It can only 
be caught. We catch it. As Ann sang in that opening song, we're asking Spirit to give us an open heart. And when our heart opens, we give away every illusion. Then we watch the sky unfold and we catch the overflow of this abundant and loving and supportive universe. And we then remember why we are here. We're not here just to have fun. Fun is a good thing. We need that. We're here to reveal the presence of God and we have fun along the way. We're here not just to make money. We're here to reveal the presence of God and we make money along the way. We're here not just to accumulate and acquire. We're here to discover the presence of God and we discover we get what we want anyway. Understand what is first. Seek ye first the kingdom. We have to see it. We have to activate it. We have to practice it. We have to live it. We have to let it take us over. And when we put attention there, our entire life experience, whatever it is that we're seeking or going through, whether it's making money, right relationships, healing the body temple, all that stuff we're working on sometimes so hard will suddenly become second nature. And we'll simply put our attention on God, living the good that we know, practicing the principles until this something takes us over and we begin to accept the higher possibilities in every area of our life. Letting go and letting it flow. And then the life force takes us over. And without any process of intellectual reasoning, we've caught that spiritual understanding. And you and I will look up one day and we'll discover that we're surrounded by the loving presence. And we have more than enough and everything is working together for our individual and collective good. And we're not thinking about trying to make it happen. We're simply making it welcome. We're creating the conditions for it to be inevitable and staying out of the way of it happening because this is the way of the spirit of the living God. You and I are here just to accept it. We're here just to catch it. And we'll see life unfold in a most magnificent way. And so it is. And so we let it be. Peace and blessings to you. We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center